Welcome to Bank of Singapore Unplugged. Hi, I'm Joseph Ng, Investment Strategist at Bank of Singapore. Thanks very much for tuning in to Bank of Singapore Unplugged, where we will be answering tomorrow's investment questions today. This is a forum where we discuss some of the most pertinent topics across the global investment landscape and how investors can position themselves to best capture the opportunities out there. Now, today's topic is something that many of us can relate to when we look at our utilities bill or when we head to our local gas station, rising oil prices. Brent crude has crossed $97 per barrel in late September, reaching a new year-to-date high before easing closer to $90 per barrel more recently. Geopolitics, lower inventory levels, and demand for petroleum distillates such as diesel and jet fuel all seem to be creating a favourable backdrop for near-term oil strength. However, are elevated oil prices likely to last? And how does this also impact some of the Middle Eastern sovereigns that we track quite closely? In today's episode, I'm excited to be delving into this topic and more with Mo Xiong, our Senior FX Strategist. Hi Joseph, great to be here. And also David from the Fixed Income Research Team. Hi Joseph, good to be here, thanks. Welcome gentlemen. Let's start first by unpacking the reasons behind the surge in oil prices. So Mo Xiong, perhaps we can start with you. Can you help us make sense of what's going on on this front and how did oil prices get to their current levels today? Well, oil prices have reversed higher since June, not just on better demand, but more importantly on tighter supply. On the demand side, as you pointed out, refined uh, product markets were strong, especially for core transportation fuel, like gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Now, jet fuel is a sweet spot for all demand. Civil aviation traffic in China has recovered significantly over the past uh, few months and was largely in line with the pre-pandemic 2019 level in August. But relative to demand, tighter oil supply has been a bigger driver of uh, higher oil prices. Supply tightness was visible, following multiple rounds of OPEC production cuts and signs that Russia is making good on its pledge to curb oil exports. Saudi Arabia's voluntary 1 million barrel per day cut stabilised the oil market in July and its decision to extend these cuts until the end of the year fueled the recent run-up in oil prices. Supply tightness could have also been compounded by the Russian Urals crude rising above the G7 price cap and narrowing against the brand. The waning benefits of Asian buyers importing Russian oil has slightly increased competition for brand oil. Thanks, Mo Xiong. So really quite a confluence of factors there. What then is our view on oil prices going forward? Well, our view here is that the oil prices could stay elevated and may even test $100 per barrel in this quarter as we expect crude market to remain in deficit. Renewed tension in the Middle East due to the Hamas-Israel conflict could also add to war risk premium in crude prices given risk of escalation. But with global GDP growth set to moderate in 2024, that is next year, especially in developed markets, global oil demand will also moderate. So our base case remains for oil markets to return to modest oversupply in 2024 amid slowing oil demand and as OPEC phases out production cutbacks. 
So lower oil prices may still be in store for 2024, with oil prices likely to ease back towards the mid-80s per barrel. I mean, mid-80s per barrel in a year's time. I mean, but we are watchful of two key risks that could push oil prices much higher for longer. I mean, what are two key risks here? First, there are concerns that if Iran is linked or becomes involved in the conflict, directly or indirectly, this could result in stricter enforcement of US sanctions on oil from Iran. And enforcing these sanctions more strictly would mean that global oil balance would be tighter throughout 2024. Now, second key risk here is that the attack by Hamas on Israel has raised geopolitical tension in the world's largest oil-producing region. An escalation of hostilities to neighbouring regions may impact Saudi Arabia's willingness to raise oil output. Thanks, Mo Xiong. That's very clear. And David may be coming over to you now. Given what Mo Xiong has shared, what has been the impact of the Israel-Hamas war on some of the sovereigns in the Middle East that you look at from a fixed-income perspective? Thanks, Joseph. Uh, by way of a recap, our Middle East sovereign coverage is focused only on the Gulf Cooperation Council, or GCC, countries. So the extent to which countries we cover in the GCC are affected by the war between Israel and Hamas will depend on the duration of the conflict, its impact on the oil market, and whether Iran and or other Arab League countries, including those from the GCC, are drawn directly into the conflict. Thus far, the conflict has had a limited negative impact on GCC sovereign bond spreads. EM Credit had already sold off prior to the war starting, driven by the recent rise in US Treasury yields following the last FOMC. Hence, the broad Middle East sovereign bond index has widened by only 21 basis points since the war began, with lower spread widening at the country level depending on credit rating. Five-year CDS spreads for GCC sovereigns, on the other hand, have widened more sharply by between 18 to 33 basis points, also depending on country rating. We believe that a drawn-out war between Israel and Hamas will likely defer any normalization of bilateral relations between Israel and the Arab countries that were previously reported to be seeking normalized relations with Israel. And these, of course, include Saudi Arabia, following the signing of the Abraham Accords between Israel and the UAE, Bahrain, Sudan, and Morocco in late 2020. We expect any immediate impact on trade flows in the GCC to be negligible, given limited bilateral relations and formal trade ties between Israel and the Arab League countries prior to the Abraham Accords. However, non-oil-related foreign direct investment flows into the region may be impacted in the future should there be a frequent recurrence of present levels of instability. Now, for the avoidance of doubt, a higher oil price, even if it is driven by geopolitical uncertainty, will be of direct benefit to all the major oil producers in the GCC, which will continue to realize fiscal and current account surpluses if oil prices are sustained at or above current market prices. In practice, only Bahrain requires a fiscal break-even oil price of above $100 per barrel, while Saudi Arabia increasingly requires 
as high an oil price per barrel as possible to fund its extensive public investment projects over the medium to long term. Oman is a more marginal oil producer relative to larger producers like Saudi Arabia, Kuwait or the UAE, but should still enjoy improved fiscal and external account metrics resulting from recently elevated oil prices, which increasingly support a return to investment-grade status for Oman over the near future. I see. But David, do you see the market pricing in a higher risk premium for the GCC sovereigns that you cover because of the current war between Israel and Hamas? Yeah, so that's a good question, Joseph. As in recent years, the major oil-producing countries in the GCC have come to enjoy a sort of safe haven status in the bond markets owing to their high investment-grade ratings, stable domestic environments, and rapidly growing levels of economic prosperity. Moreover, market sentiment towards the region had improved in the past three years following several positive political developments in the region. These political developments have included signs of a gradual normalization of relations between Israel and some Arab countries, as expressed through the signing of the Abraham Accords in late 2020, as I referred to earlier. Also, of course, the lifting of the blockade on Qatar by regional member states in early 2021 and the re-establishment of diplomatic ties between Saudi Arabia and Iran in March this year, together with the recent improvement in bilateral relations between Turkey and the UAE, have also been geared towards that front. Over the near term, we see the market attaching a wider sovereign risk premium to GCC sovereigns if the war becomes drawn out or if it escalates beyond current market expectations that it will remain geographically contained within Israel and the Gaza Strip. Over the medium term, investor perceptions of regional risk will depend on future developments, including how relations between Iran and the GCC countries and, of course, Iran and the U.S. evolve. We do think that a high oil price uh, may continue to act as an offset to any increased market perceptions of risk towards the particularly higher-rated GCC countries over the near to medium term. Thanks, David. So given the time we have left, I just want to zoom out now and think about the second-order effects of the oil price volatility on other parts of the market. Mo Xiong, perhaps could you share some quick thoughts with us on whether we see any impact to currencies? and perhaps the impact also on the Fed's fight against inflation. Sure, Joseph. The uh, rising oil price could complicate the uh, disinflation narrative and be an important differentiator of uh, currency uh, performance. Now, my big fear here is that the rising oil price could change the narrative of uh, disinflation and flip it back to stagflation. And this could complicate the Fed's uh, fight against inflation. For now, given the resilience of the U.S. economy, the Fed is likely to be more vigilant against the impact of high oil prices on inflation expectations while keeping an eye on the drag from oil on economic growth. At a broader level, our weaker U.S. dollar view is at risk if the recent rise in oil prices is sustained. Causality with the U.S. dollar is key, of course. And it has increased ever since the U.S. become an oil exporter. 
Rising oil prices could also be an important differentiator of currency performance, as I mentioned earlier. So for oil exporter currencies like the Canadian dollar and the Norwegian kroner, they will be among the biggest beneficiaries of rising oil prices. On the other hand, being an oil-importing region, currencies in Asia and Europe will be amongst the most vulnerable. Great stuff. Well, gentlemen, we have covered quite a bit of ground here, ranging from the outlook of oil, impact on the GCC countries from a fixed income perspective, and even on FX. That's all the time we have for this episode. Thanks very much for tuning in to Bank of Singapore Unplugged, and we hope you'll join us again next time. This podcast was brought to you by Bank of Singapore.